Composer Richard Blackford is one of three winners at the 2020 Ivor Novello Composer Awards. He's also one of three winners who features on an unexpected, unplanned, but otherwise welcome mini-series of thoroughly good classical music podcasts, the Bite Size episodes. Bite Size because the music speaks for itself. Similarly, the composer. Tell me how to pronounce the work that uh, is uh, the Ivor Winnard. It's Pietà, with, with an accent on the, the, the final A. Um, and it's uh, Pietà, you probably know, it's also the title of one of Michelangelo's most famous sculptures, the, the Pietà that is in uh, St. Peter's, Rome. Um, I, I lived in Rome when I was assistant to Hans Werner Hensburg many years ago. And uh, I went with my wife in 2017 again to St. Peter's to show it to her. And uh, I've I lived with that image for a long time. So the Pietà is, is, is what it is and what it's about. But I should say that, that the text for, for Pietà, the choral work, uh, is basically the Stabat Mater, the, the 13th century Latin hymn, which has been set by well, over 250 composers, including contemporary composers like James Macmillan. And um, along with the Stabat Mater text, I decided to also set three poems of the Russian poet Anna Akhmatova. Um, I found that there was a very interesting parallel between the theme of um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, lamenting the loss of her son, and also Anna Akhmatova in her poem cycle, Requiem, lamenting the disappearance by uh, Stalin's KGB of her own son. And so uh, I decided to juxtapose the two, and definitely the inclusion of, of the poems of Akhmatova informed my setting of the Stavat Mater. No, 
is an immediacy to the musical language that you have used? Well, a, a couple of things, I think, John. One is, um, it was a commission from the Bournemouth Symphony Chorus. It's a very fine chorus. It's back my third commission from them. And they don't take hostages. They can sing really quite tough music. But I also wanted to write something that was accessible to any good amateur chorus. So that means that, that I didn't want to write uh, music that was so angular, so um, lacking internal center, that good amateur singers would actually be able to approach this music, actually understand it, get it, and be able to learn it. And hopefully it would be good to sing and as well as good to listen to. Putting that together, are you able to reflect on uh, where the creative challenges were for you? So, you know, I, I, I phrase that question from the perspective of writing or editing video or indeed editing audio together. And, and actually, there are times in that process where one hits a block or uh, and that block sort of turns into a sense of panic, as in how am I going to get around this? I'm wondering whether there are there are elements in your creative practice and with this particular work where you experience challenges a bit like that. Uh, there definitely was one, because I'd begun the setting of the first uh, first stanzas of the Stubbert Mater uh, before I'd completely decided what to score the piece for. I knew it was, uh, was for chorus and for... But I think one of the blocks I encountered first of all was the limited resources that I wanted to write this for, which was for string orchestra. And I think I had a breakthrough when I thought of the idea of having a, a soprano saxophone obligato part. And we were really lucky that uh, Amy Dixon agreed to play it. And that voice is like... Um, the, the extra voice that there are two soloists, a mezzo and a baritone solo in the piece and the chorus, but the voice of the soprano saxophone, which is as close to the, to the human voice as I think you can get, and it has a wonderful keening, um, lamenting quality, or it can have, and that for me was a, a big breakthrough. So it was a, a coloristic thing that, that uh, occurred, which then took music onto a different level. Thank you. 
for me, composition is, is all about discovery. You don't really know where your day is going to lead you. You may have a, an overall picture of, of the structure of the piece and, 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 and how you think it might go. But then to come across an idea like the inclusion of the soprano saxophone and to make it an obbligato instrument, like the obbligato instruments in, in the St. Matthew or St. John Passion, um, it suddenly kind of, you think, God, oh, that's, that's really good. It, the, the saxophone is so much an instrument of today. And um, I think some people have remarked on it, giving the piece a, a contemporary feel and, and a sense of originality. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a real joyful feeling to, to have not only thought it up, but to make it actually work within the musical context.